Hi, classic movie fans. We've explored a solid month of classic horror film and come out on the other side. Some great movies in store for you over the next couple of months, as always. It's pretty chilly over at my house. Definitely soup weather. So here's a family comedy to warm your heart. <laughs> this week's movie is Yours, Mine, and Ours, starring the one and only Lucille Ball. Lisa and I came from a pretty decent-sized family, nothing like the one in this movie that we'll talk about, but we watched this one over and over, and this was our first exposure to Lucille Ball, unlike most people who start out with I Love Lucy. We did not know her as the slapstick ditzy housewife from her hit TV show. To us, she was a warm, wise, and somewhat sarcastic mother figure. So when I finally did see I Love Lucy, it was a bit of a paradigm shift for me. Tell us what yours, mine, and ours is about, Lisa. This movie is about a Navy widow, Helen North, with eight children, who meets another Navy widower, Frank Beardsley, with ten kids. And despite their best efforts, they fall in love and eventually get married. At first, they went on a couple dates and didn't realize that they had that many children altogether. But once they realized that, they tried to stay away from each other and just couldn't. Helen. Yes? Why am I pretending? I want to see you again and not just to be friends and not just to talk about children. I want to see you again too, Frank. Do you know something else? In spite of all the aggravation and the misery and the yelling, I'm glad I have ten children. And I'm glad I have my eight and I'm glad I'm careful. Their children were resistant at first, but over time, they're won over by their respective step-parents and consent to being adopted by them. The storyline is pretty simple to sum up, but you know, when Lucille Ball is involved, there's going to be some good face pulls and loud laughs and heartwarming moments to keep it interesting. Yes, this film, trivia-wise, has some good news and some Really sad news. Let's start with the less painful background of this film. Yours, Mine, and Ours was based on an actual family in California, and it turns out that I lived about half a mile from one of the places that they lived in, San Leandro, California. Neat. Not any longer, though. I live in a much colder state now, but I am very familiar with some of the family's old stomping grounds. That was pretty fun to find out. The family made the news when Frank and Helen Beardsley married and joined Frank's family of 10 kids and Helen's family of eight kids. Lucille Ball saw the article and the picture of the family and called Helen Beardsley up and asked her to write a book about the family's experiences so then she could create a movie based on her book. And so she did write her memoirs and it was titled Who Gets the Drumstick? And that being a reference to an inside joke about holiday time together as a family and needing to find a fair way to give out the drumsticks yeah i don't know how many turkeys they needed for that many people <laughs> well it's funny she said in an interview helen the real helen beardsley said in an interview that they would make more than one turkey but sometimes they would just go through one <laughs> it, every part <laughs> yes uh it took several years for the film to be made from the first contact between lucille ball and he helen beardsley and the film, when it was made, was a huge commercial success, and it did much better than Lucille Ball even expected. It was so popular that it greenlit a project that had already been created, but studios hesitated to invest in, The Brady Bunch. And one of the working titles of 
yours, mine, and ours was Full House. Kind of a funny tidbit there. That is there. funny. <laughs> <laughs> People had so much fun watching this chaotic, goofy family. And from what I could find, it was as much fun to be in it as it seemed to the audience. The kids on the set really bonded some more than others. And at least one marriage resulted from the film. The kids had a great time and got to keep the gifts used in the Christmas scene of the film. And there were practical jokes amongst the kids. And they remembered that Lucille would put them in line with a single look. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Henry Fonda could be found doing some cruel work, a kind of embroidery in his trailer between scenes. I'd probably be more the um, Henry Fonda character. (laughs) Like, give me a little break. (laughs) Yeah. It was overall a very positive experience and a well-loved movie. Unfortunately, besides some very basic facts, according to what Helen Beardsley wrote in her book, but also more recently what is written in Tom North's book, who is Helen's son, it had nothing to do with the real Beardsley family. There were some factual differences between the book and the movie, Helen's book in the movie, like how they initially met. They started a writing correspondence somewhat by chance. A mutual acquaintance got them in contact with each other, and it was supposed to stay pretty casual. Helen wasn't ready to remarry. She had just moved to the area from Seattle to be closer to her sister and brother-in-law, and they were eager. They were the ones trying to get her to get dating again and give her some space and some breathing after being with her kids and going through the grief of losing her husband Mm -hmm. similar to the movie as soon as she would reveal she was the mother of eight children to any of her dates they'd flounder for responses and that was that (laughs) but frank though was different her book paints a fairly rosy picture they met and fell in love and just were meant to be But her son, Tom, wrote a very different picture decades later. The first time Tom met his father was when his mother revealed to the kids that Frank would be their new father. So it kind of was a surprise. Tom was, yeah, can you imagine? Tom (laughs) was six or seven years old. And Tom said he didn't want a new father right in front of him. Because it hadn't been very long since their loving and doting father had died in an airplane crash with an experimental airplane for the Navy. Just six weeks prior to that fatal flight for Richard, their father, he had put in a request to be taken off experimental flights. His wife was pregnant with their eighth, and he needed a desk job. But his commanding officer just flat out refused. Less than two months later, he was gone, and he never meet his eighth child. It's so so sad. It's so sad. So she had to go through all of that on her own. When Tom, the young North child, said he didn't want another father, Frank, his soon-to-be stepfather, bent down to his level and jabbed him in the chest with his finger and said, essentially, that he was going to be his father and he had no say in the matter. Frank, as remembered by Tom and the other children, was abusive, violent, and predatory. When he was, yeah, when he was home, the children would pass on the message that he was home and scatter all over the place. I can just imagine 18 children finding spots everywhere around their, around their house, around their property, just anywhere to get away. Because if you got caught in the crosshairs, he was verbally, physically, and sexually abusive. This expose that Tom wrote has been corroborated by several of his siblings and half-siblings. 
though not everybody. Many of his siblings have ended up in a variety of different circumstances. They're all alive. Last time, Tom gave an interview. Uh, that was what he reported. But they have you know, have varying degrees of success and happiness in their lives. Of course, the top question that you might have is, so why did Helen marry such a monster? Right. She apparently knew he was that way. In fact, as Tom writes in his book, she would tell him years later that she married Frank because she was afraid that he would kill his 10 children. I'm sure she had multiple reasons. Maybe that is what she wanted to tell Tom at the time because people have multiple reasons for doing things like that. But she thought, but Tom said she thought that she could save the kids. And, you know, she might have. She possibly did. But her own eight kids were put in a horrible situation because of it. What a difference from the movie. Yes, completely different. Tom North also mentions that when Lucille Ball came to visit the family, she took Helen aside and said, keep that man away from me regarding Frank Beardsley. So it is strange to think that this movie really was based on a heartwarming take on a book that omitted and changed a lot of facts about a devastatingly dysfunctional family. There are several layers to the story. (laughs) They've changed. It's completely different. Yeah, yeah. Lucille must have, Lucy Ball must have seen that story in the newspaper and wanted to produce a movie that was heartwarming and lovely. And it just didn't fit with the reality. It must have been such a disappointment to her. Though the Beardsley and North children do not support the movie, not out of malice, but they just don't want to be associated with it in a, anymore because they lived with that lie for so many years. And it kind of messed with their brains a bit. Um, yeah. In a way, in a way, the movie still accomplished what Lucille Ball set out to do for the movie to do, to be an inspiring story of love and sacrifice and unselfishness in a non-traditional American family, large families, only children, children with not so wise and attentive parents took comfort in the sweet imperfection of the family in yours, mine and ours. Yeah. And as you mentioned before, like I, we grew up in a pretty big family. It wasn't anything near 18 children, but we were big. Our family was bigger than most of the families that we knew. And sometimes it was nice to watch a a film about a big family that made it work and everyone was just fine and happy and all of that stuff. Because sometimes you did feel a little bit like you're just a little bit of uh, an different. oddball. Yeah. 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 A little different from other people. So it was, it was nice to have something that was relatable, I guess. I think too, that it's just when you're a child in a large family, it's just nice to see big family pride you know what i mean instead of people yeah like oh i can't believe you have so many kids all the time you get here adults all the time saying that it's nice Mm -hmm. to see people who are like yeah go big families they're wonderful right totally um and i did not know the backstory of this movie at all and knowing it does make me so sad i wish that, that those poor little kids could just have had the dad in this movie instead of the one that they lived with because the one in the movie is really just awesome What doesn't surprise me about this story is that Lucille Ball was like immediately intrigued by it. Over the years, I've done some 
recreational research into Lucille Ball. Nothing like super deep because I've always just been a bit fascinated by her. And if you love her like I do, I recommend the the Lucy and Desi documentary on Amazon Prime. It's directed by Amy Poehler, and it's just really, really well done. It's very interesting. And um, you hear Lucille Ball speak and uh, Desi speak. They have voice recordings of both of them and and also of her uh, her daughter. So it's just really well done. But the reason why I say I can see that Lucille Ball was interested in this story is that she was many things, but at the heart of what she was, was a family-focused person. She grew up in New Jersey from a very poor background. Her father had died when she was young, and she was raised by her mother and her grandparents. And when she became an adult, she went to New York City to try to get into the show business to support her family. And she would get into these showgirl productions, but at the end of the week, she'd be fired because she couldn't dance or sing. So it was just kind of funny, like picturing her going from stage to stage, being her goofy self and them just being like, this is not showgirl material. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) she was very beautiful and very tall. And so she decided to go into modeling, which she was very successful at, actually. While she was in her modeling career, she was approached by someone from MGM and they needed some some women to fit a showgirl personality on film and they needed them quickly so they didn't have time to audition the girls before they just swept them off to california to produce this film and lucille ball says it was really lucky that they were in such a rush because she knew that she would not get a call back if she had auditioned (laughs) how lucky is that fate (laughs) She was funny, but nobody really appreciated her funny side. She was part of a whole bunch of B movies. After she, after this first initial movie, she landed a bunch of parts in B movies. And nobody recognized her uh, comedic value while she was in these movies. They were all romances or, you know, movies about stuff where she just didn't have a comedic role at all. Eventually, she was put on a radio show and was able to, like, let her funny side show on the radio. By this time, she was married to Desi Arnaz, who we know from the show I Love Lucy. And he was involved in touring a live show and was on the road almost constantly, which was really hard for them as a family. They were very successful in both of their careers. And so one thing that they initially initially drew both of them together was that they were so family focused immediately when they started making money they had lucille's grandparents and um and mother come live with them and desi's mother also lived with her with them as well all under the same roof they just supported everyone in their family wow and ball and arnez wanted to have children desperately and Ball said, you can't have babies over the telephone. So she was really motivated to get Desi to get off the road and just be working locally. So when the opportunity came for Lucille to play a similar character to her radio show character produced by CBS for television, she jumped at it. This was supposed to be the I Love Lucy show. 
but she insisted that Desi play her husband. And this was to get him off the road for good. And CBS said there was no way people would be receptive to a mixed race couple. So Desi came up with this scheme to test out the audiences across the country by including Lucille in his live show. And audiences loved watching them together. And the show I Love Lucy was finally born because CBS decided that it would work. That's so cool. So, and also, Lucy and Desi, they set up their own production company because they were tired of having so many bumps in the roads and kind of wanted to be their own bosses and stuff. And it was called Desi Lou Productions. And they were responsible for like the first Star Trek series and for Mission Impossible and several other well-known TV shows. It's pretty amazing. This is all to say that Lucille Ball was highly motivated by being able to support her family. She worked incredibly hard so that she could support her mother and her grandparents and Desi's mother and to have a family of their own, have children. So the creative genius of I, Lu- I Love Lucy was just born out of Lucy and Desi's wanting to grow their family and wanting to be together. So it makes sense that Lucille would identify with a story where an unlikely couple would see the romance in working really hard to make their family successful. And I mean successful, like not in a financial way necessarily, but successfully happy and united as a family like this one was in in yours, mine and ours. Yeah. And I think it's one of those few movies that money is extremely tight and they make a point of getting that message across. For instance, one of our favorite scenes is the grocery store scene. They get they have multiple cartloads full of of food totaling a whopping one hundred and twenty six dollars and sixty three cents. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I would love as a grocery. kid. I remember thinking that was so much money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything over a hundred dollars is a lot of money for a kid. Right? Yes. <laughs> of course. So adjusted for inflation, that would be $1,065 today. So that is a ton to spend on groceries. Yeah. Oh my Yikes. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so can you imagine trying to provide for a family that size, just eating I like that was made a point and was part of the plot is that they're trying to, they're trying to keep their family together on a very small budget. And that's because they care more about their family than stuff. <clears throat> Another favorite scene. And this is a scene that our dad actually really likes. We've heard him say he likes it multiple times is the one where Henry Fonda's character Frank Beardsley gives Colleen, the oldest North daughter, some straight talk about what love really is. Basically that lust is fleeting and that real love is the day-to-day drudgery of chores and bill paying and illness. And anyone who tries to convince her otherwise is not worth her time. And he's referring to her boyfriend pressuring her to give in when he wants to sleep with her. I've got a message for Larry. You tell him this is what it's all about. This is the real happening. Come on, Tommy. If you want to know what love really is, take a look around you. What are you two talking about? Take a good look at your mother. Not now. Yes, now. It's giving life that counts. Until you're ready for it, all the rest is just a big fraud. All the crazy haircuts in the world won't keep it turning. Life isn't the love in, it's the dishes and the orthodontist and the shoe repairman and 
ground round instead of roast beef. So it's a yeah. very it's a very sweet, heartwarming, real moment. Yeah, that's honestly one of my favorite scenes too. And it actually makes me kind of emotional. I think probably just because I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes, it is. It is all the hard stuff, too. <laughs> it, I think it just catches you off guard to have them talk really like this is what real love is all about. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, all the all those other movies, they leave you at happily ever after. And this one's like showing you what happily ever after looks like. Yes, exactly. Beyond that, I mean, that's a that's a pretty serious scene. It's pretty cute. Like Lucy's in the scene too, and she she adds some humor to it as well. Um, but there are just so many funny scenes. For instance, Lucille when she gets invited over to the Beardsleys' home for dinner, and she gets extremely intoxicated by accident is great. And I remember loving it as a kid, and my kids mm-hmm. love. Oh, Lord, what have I done? You haven't done anything. Yes, I have. I've fallen in love. That's what I've done. And I promised myself I'd never fall in love again. And I wanted to make such a good impression on you and your children and how I've been acting like an idiot. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I just feel, oh, and if this damn room would stop rolling around, maybe I could find some place to be sick. My kids loved it, too. They thought it was hilarious. And they were, by the end of it, they were asking for more episodes of it. And I was like, sorry, it's a movie. Um, I was also, I also thought about Cheaper by the Dozen when we were watching this, too. I always kind of like, not mix them up, but think of them in the same little category, I guess. Yeah, like an unusually large family. Yeah. And, and also... Yours, Mine, and Ours, and Cheaper by the Dozen have both been remade recently. I mean, fairly recently. For so us. You can wa- yeah. <laughs> so you can, <laughs> you can watch those, too, if you're looking for more of the same thing. I do like the new Cheaper by the Dozen with Steve Martin. I'm not a huge fan of the remake of Yours, Mine, and Ours. They completely changed the characterization. And I don't know. You it's don't just get different. It. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a different it's a different family. Watch it or don't watch it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Yours, mine, and ours is a great movie, appropriate for the whole family, and when you can cozy up too with something made with pumpkin spice or hot chocolate or whatever, and you can curl up and watch it. Next week we have a musical. Our first so far, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Just surprising. What? Yeah, I mean because we. We like musicals, all right? And one that was recommended to us by our cousin, so we had not seen we haven't seen it yet. But you're going to love hearing about it. So come back next week for a listen. Yeah, see you then.